Hello and welcome to this week's edition of This Cybrox. It's Scott Patterson taking you through for the next 40 minutes or so and we're going to do a quick look ahead to the Dundee United game this weekend and we will review the game from Wednesday night at Ibrox 2-0 victory against St Johnston. Very pleased this week to be joined by David Cornish. Hi David, how are you? I'm good mate. Very welcome as always. And also joining us this week again, Andy Anderson's back. Hi Andrew. How you doing lads? How you doing? Very well, thank you. So, Big game Wednesday night, Ibrox, St Johnston Rock into town and the the domestic cup winners from last season, of course, Andrew, and they gave us no trouble whatsoever. Not at all, Scott, not at all. And it was rather refreshing to, to see that. Um, I put something in the WhatsApp group prior to the game kicking off and I thought yeah. it would be interesting to see how we go about getting through the 156 players in the St Johnston box. <laughs> As it's really expecting the usual... Backs to the wall, and to an extent it was, um, but it's just so refreshing to see more ingenuity, more more pressing going on. There's less farting about at the back, if you like, yep. um, and they were dispatched relatively simply. I thought, as, as the first half uh, dragged on and we got closer to half-time, the goal, I thought, was, was the perfect timing of a goal, although I would have liked it to come earlier, and we certainly had the chances for it to come earlier. Yep. But no, with the next three games being at home last night included, you're looking for a strong, strong start to that, I suppose, and that's exactly what we got. David, probably the headline rocking into the game was... Maybe a wee bit of surprise, actually, dropping Fashion Sakala after quite an impressive afternoon at Tynecastle at the weekend, um, sort of parking him onto the bench and, and bringing in uh, Yanis Hadji. That surprised me for, for the start of the living. Uh, so I think at first glance, when I seen it, I, it probably did surprise me, to be honest, because yeah, yeah. he did acquit himself well and he has done well you know, in a few games already this season. Um, one of the things Van Bronckhorst talked about for is for he's not put it like this, but basically horses for courses. Yeah. Now, just to go back to what Andy was saying there, St Johnston away or home for us, but away for them, you pretty much guarantee they're going to pack the box. And I think looking at it, I mean, it's always easy in hindsight, but it was probably the right choice because Sakala had the space, but certainly when it was nil-nil, I don't think there was all that much space for him to run into. Whereas, you know, Haji obviously has that ability to just pick a lock, so to speak. So, yeah, at first I was surprised, but justified itself, I guess, in the end, didn't it? David, I'll stick with you. I think in the the first half there was um, was a lot of pressure from Rangers for for the duration of the first half. It may be a bit of a surprise that it took us so long to, to break them down. Yeah, no. Um, so, yes, I mean, given the amount of pressure we had, as you said, it certainly could have come earlier. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they were defending for their lives, as they yeah. do. Um, one of the things I did notice, and I'm just going to rip your script up here a bit, Scott, and um, <laughs> talk about the game as a whole rather than just the first half, but I've noticed in the last few games, we seem to be getting really good at, like, periods of pressure and then we come back and we keep it safe and we look after it a bit and then we go for them again um now i suppose you know you can't just full out attack for 90 minutes unless you're drinking magic coffee apparently but um (laughs) you know it's really good seeing them kind of vary it play it safe right we're going to go for it now and there was one particular spell i think there was about five minutes 
by God, I was certain we were going to score it. It was relentless. You know, yeah. we were just at them. And it, even when they tried to clear it, you know, they were hoofing it. It was going about halfway up their half and just coming straight back at them again. So, yeah, yeah overall, you know, I'd have preferred it earlier, but credit to St. Johnson in that sense. They are a very good defensive team. Um bottom of the league, but if you look at their defensive stats, they actually have a better defensive record away than we do by a yeah. goal. Aye. Um, so, you know, we're made to work for it. Andrew, I think one of the one of the things that jumped out to me in in the first half, and it's something we've seen mm. since since Giovanni Van Bronckhorst came in, is the is the difference in the way that some of the players are playing. We, we look at guy, Scott Arfield as, as a prime example. I would suggest he was relatively out of the picture, really, since the start of the season. Stephen Gerrard's moved on. Arfield's came back. He's a mainstay now. And he looks dangerous. He has that ability to do something that none of the rest of our centre midfielders have, as far as I can see, and has moved beyond that striker and getting into the box as that last man running in, a la Frank Lampard at Chelsea when he played. Mm-hmm. Not saying they're the same, Similar sort of idea. Um, in the same uh, vein, um, Joe Aribo is going board better than our field. No, no, absolutely. Um, in the same in the same vein, we've got uh, Joe Aribo going through a really, really rich vein of form, and um, he nearly cracked the post in the first half as well. What an effort that would have been if it went right in the top corner. I, such is the way Joe Aribo's playing at the moment. I fully expected the net to go. I fully expected <laughs> the net to go. As soon as, yep. as soon as he cleared his feet and shaped to shoot, I thought it was one yeah. nil. It's um, in the bit of a post away. It's frightening how good he is now, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah. frightening how good he is now. It's that wee, I think we, it's that wee mazy run at the edge of the box, for isn't it? And as I, soon as you see it, you know what's coming. You absolutely. do, and teams will be doing their homework. Of course they will. All you've got to do is look at Braga. You know, yeah. um, he should have lost the ball three or four times yet, <laughs> and he never. It was like like Velcro. But I was talking to my friend this afternoon on the phone. I think we'll be extremely lucky to have no interest in him come January. Um, the, the way he's playing we'll be extremely lucky for that or it depends on how much the offers come in for as well of course that's what always matters you know yeah. to go back to the Arfield thing I'm delighted to see Scott Arfield back in amongst it delighted yeah. I've always rated Scott Arfield and I think I think it was myself on a podcast a number of months ago I totally I was naming a team I think it was yourself Dave I was naming a team and he never even came into my mind yeah, such yeah. was the so far out he was yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. which is actually really bad to say because I've rated him the whole time he's been with us Scott Arfield and I'm delighted to see how good he's how well he's playing now and how high up Giovanni Van Brocker seems to rate him because yeah. you can't underrate the, the amount of work Scott Arfield puts in and as you say Scott the last last minute runs he's, he's done that for a couple of seasons now yeah. even against European opposition um, that's what he does that's, that's, his, that's his thing mind that so Celtic goal that. as well that encapsulated it, didn't it? I did. Oh, it did. I, 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 that was, if, you, if you watch that goal, it's actually a gamble. He's gambled on mm-hmm. that ball, not getting stopped till he got there. Now, right. striker should be gambling anyway. Yeah. He's not a striker, but you know what I mean? He's in that position, so he should I be absolutely. gambling anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's absolutely fantastic to see. And I'm, de- I'm delighted to see both him and Aribo come on a game such as the way they are, especially in December when there's games every three days. I, I, I think as well, curiously enough about Arfield, um, I'm sure he's in a position to speak to other clubs um, yep. from January, by the way. Um, so it's, it's maybe no coincidence that he's starting to, to pick up a bit of form, but he's a, a class example of a guy who, once he gets into a run of games, 
um, can become a really valuable asset. And I think we're seeing that just now. David, one other person I think we're seeing that just now. Five goals in six games for Alfredo Morelos. Yeah, I, I just don't know where to start, mate. <laughs> the difference in him, I mean, I take your point about our field, but like you said, you know, we've seen our field do that last season. Okay, he dropped out the picture a bit. Not sure what was going on there, but, you know, you kind of knew it. We'd almost become accustomed. Morelos was still playing, but we'd become accustomed to him not scoring as much. You know, he was dropping back. He was almost playing like a midfielder at times. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things Van Bronckhorst said probably more than anything else is I want my strikers in the box Absolutely. and I, I just 100% we're seeing the benefit from that that is Alfie's game you know he is a penalty box player yeah. not I mean yeah okay he can pick a pass he can put it across the pitch etc he can make a run but he is at his best when he is in that penalty box in essence bullying opposition <laughs> defenders Yeah. and I think we're seeing the rewards of that System-wise, you know, I'm not going to fault Gerard. His tactics did us good. I mean, obviously, last year we got the 55. I'm not going to sit here and slag that. But he had a very different idea of how he wanted Morelos to play to what I would class as Morelos' strengths, whereas I think Van Bronckhorst has just gone back to basics. Right, what are you good at? Yeah, this is what we're going to get you to do. I think that, you know, the thing, and I agree with you to a certain extent, the thing that, that got me with, with Morelos, it was almost like they were, bizarrely enough, trying to improve a part of his game that they maybe didn't have to improve on. So by asking him to, to drop deeper and play as a 10, you were losing so much of his pizzazz that he had inside the 18-yard box, and we didn't have anyone to replace that with. That's it. And do you know what? We've got 10s. Um, Rebo, you can't argue with that. I mean, Haji... Yeah just as comfortable there. Absolutely. You know, we have tens, whereas what we were crying out for at times was that man in the box. And, you know, now we're seeing it. He's getting the supply. You know, you've got a rebo, you've got art fields coming in and beyond them. So the supply is there, the assistance is there, and he is back where he is most effective now. Yeah, absolutely. So, Andrew, we go in one nothing at half time, thoroughly deserved. Could have been two or three, arguably should have been. Um, and came out for the second half, and it's really just the status quo, to be fair. The, the second half really carries on as as the first was. Really impressive second goal. Um, great team goal. Um, you can't help but think if it was something that was on, on Sky Sports, they'd be showing it on their reel for the duration of the day. Fantastic assist from Alfredo Morelos. Great night for him generally. But a really good and important goal for Ryan Kent to get to continue this run of form he's on. Yes, I totally agree. Um, coming back from injury that Ryan Kent had there a while ago, coming back and scoring a goal. Who did he score? Was it Dundee or Ross? Dundee, what was he scored against? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, scoring that goal and then that goal last night. It's got to help him. Uh, Van Broadcast has basically said he wants to add goals to Ryan Kent. Absolutely. Which, if you're playing St. Johnson at home, you should be getting your wingers more involved with that and, and scoring. But no, what a goal. Fantastic goal, wasn't it? You see yeah. it coming. You knew it was coming. The minute Morelos broke with that ball, and if he had a wee look, a wee look over. There was two, who else was there? There was somebody else there or thereabouts. Um, or was, was someone Arfield? else? I think Arfield might have was been in the vicinity, yeah. He was involved in the in the passage, certainly, yeah. Uh-huh. And then I seen it on Twitter. I can't remember if it was last night or today, and I totally agree with the statement. Under Gerard, Morelos shoots that and puts it right over the bar. Absolutely. I think, I think that's, um, that's, that's a fact. 
what what a pass and, and it, was a, it was a great finish. Very important. Second goal is always important. Second yeah. goal is always important um, for obvious reasons. The only downside to it is I expected three, four, and five to come. Yeah, and I'm going to yeah. I'm going to make a statement, circa Dave Cornish, August September time. There, somebody's Ooh. due a doing. Somebody's due a doing. Listen, you're not getting back on, Andy. The, the guy, the, <laughs> the guy, that I, a guy that I work with today, said something quite similar. He said that um, looking at Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Rangers compared to the, the Rangers of of the, the previous regime, you always thought that the previous regime they were they were they were going to win, but it would only maybe be one nothing. You only get three points yes. for a win, and I'm a yes. great believer in that. However, I couldn't help but hear our northern friend Andrew in my head somewhere saying, "They're just doing, they're just doing, they're just doing." <laughs> and I, I, in this case, I I completely agree with you, Andrew. I I do think there is a team that are going to get a, a bit of a, a battering from us. Yes. I think it'll be sometime in yes. January. The second would be just perfect. Oh, it, would be, it would be absolutely great. Although <laughs> I've got a funny feeling. Well, I'm sure we'll get to the Dundee United game and who they may bring personnel-wise yep. on Saturday. Um, if you look at the stats for the last two or three games under Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, the, the shots, the shots in target stat is frightening. Yep. So if, if if ten or fifteen or twenty percent of them go in, somebody's going to end up in the, the tail end Sorry. of a, 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 a doing. You know, such as Hamilton last year, something along the lines because it's. Yep. It, going to happen sooner or later. They can't play as well as that with so much, not even just possession, so much dominant possession and yep. attacking possession. Somebody will be on the, the wrong side of a doing. But again, I think you've got to factor into that St. Johnson's defensive record. Um, yep. you know, they, they offered nothing going forward hard. Correct. But no. Defensively, they are a unit and there's no getting past that. And Whereas some of these other teams... I, they might offer a wee bit more going forward, so they might carry a slight threat, yes. but they just haven't got that same defensive no. solidity, which, I mean, I hear this is me getting banned as well, but I'm with Andy. I firmly believe that someone is going to get a doing sooner or later. I just hope, if I'm being honest, it's not Dundee United, purely for the fact that if they are depleted and you know they're playing reserve players or youth players, That'll be the excuse, you know. I'd like, Fair point. I'd like the team to give someone a doing, but I'd like them to get the credit for that as well. Yep. Because um, I think yep. it's due. Uh, one um, highlight of the game last night for me was uh, Callum Davidson asking Liam Craig, "Why would you fucking dive?" So I hope today at training, he's actually asked him why he did, um, because there's no doubt he was definitely trying to pull the wool over the referee's eyes, and it just didn't happen for him. David, I want to stay with you. Um, I want to speak about Joe Rebo, something he said post-match in a second. However, that touch. Aye, aye. Um, It's incredible. It's incredible. The, The only slightly annoying thing about it is if that happens down south or Liga or somewhere like that, you'd be seeing that for weeks on TV. You know, it'd be... Back page news, all the rest of it. Whereas, you know, it's probably not going to get that much I mention outside, you know, Rangers fans. Aye. But it was just incredible. It, was it really just was incredible. I think um, when he was sort of coming through, he played a lot of cage football. Yeah. Um, and you've got to think, you know, confined space, mm-hmm. being able to control it like that, that's got to be a benefit of that. I think we need Sorrells. All our players playing cage football at some point. So, see, when you look at it again, though, the the thing that gets it, 
we've all seen guys that have tried to do that, catch the ball coming out of the sky. Yeah. If you and I are trying to catch the ball coming out of the sky, it's maybe dropping for about six foot. This was dropping I, from a I, real height. I mean, it was a real distance that I drops down. Just, and it just sits yeah, on his foot beautifully. I mean, he could have had Velcro on his boots and Aye. still no controlled it as well Aye. as what he did. It's, it's just incredible. Um, going back to what Andy said, I, I think we probably are going to see offers for him. Um, yeah. Realistically, if they're the right price, we're probably going to sell him, but I'll be devastated if we do. Mm-hmm. I just as think, long as... You know, as long as Aston Villa don't come calling, I'll be quite delighted. 30 million is theirs. <laughs> Andrew, one thing I want to um, come to you on, and, and Joe Rebo, it was something he said post-match, and I'm, I'm not quoting him directly, but he did speak about the um, the freedom that the players are now having to to do a little bit more on the pitch. They're almost having a bit of um, artistic licence to, to play as they like. Um and they do look a bit liberated the way they're playing just now. It's just going to be the Giovanni way, I think. I think he's given the, the sort of front six, so your three midfielders and the, the three forward guys, a license to, do you know what I mean? Within reason, mm-hmm. go and express yourself and do as you please. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's true, and it's, it's got to be a good thing. When you've got player players such as Kent and Joe Aribo and the, the ability they have to do certain things with football, in my, I'm not nowhere near a football manager, but in my head, why wouldn't you just utilise that? Yeah. Because the things they can do with the ball is, is absolutely terrifying. So if you were to try and, you know, hamper them is not the correct word, but you know what I mean? If, if you were to try and force them into a, a way of playing... Constrain them. That was, that was it. Yes, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. Bingo. Why would you do that? You know, you, you shouldn't have to do that. Obviously, there will be games... Dortmund, perhaps, you know, there will have to be some sort of, <laughs> some sort of system, you know, yeah. and I fully understand that, but when you, if you've got these players who are, in my mind, upwards of 15, 16 million pounds worth, with, it, with the, the abilities they have, they should be used in that way, you know, a bit more freedom, go and express yourself, because that's when things can happen, yeah. and sometimes when you're playing against stuffy defences at home or away, wherever it may be, you need something like that. A wee trick from Haji, a wee trick from from uh, Aribo and Ken, and that wee bit of freedom allows them to do that. So I think that's that's the perfect way to describe it. Um, don't constrict them and let them go and express themselves. Perfect. Yep, absolutely. I totally agree. Just stealing my review thunder here. <laughs> so. <laughs> so listen, I, I think largely it was a two 0 great result. Another home win at Ibrox, keeping the zero. All the obvious buzz terminology that we're coming. Um, very used to with Giovanni and, and long may that continue. Nearly six points clear. However, um, a goal in the 167th minute of injury time in, in Dingwall uh-huh. saw them okay. Um, Bloody ref, sir. Is it, is it finished yet? <laughs> <laughs> nah, come on, this, mate. It finished this, about two Friday seconds well, after they scored. It finished about two seconds after Southwick scored. Jeez, David, David, I'll tell you, I want, to, I want to stick with you something, and this is a, a political question, <laughs> but I make no apology for it. You'll love it. Um, Here we go. Who at Dundee United signed off a trip to Newcastle for a piss-up? <laughs> Good question. Current probably climate, the same, absolutely ridiculous. Probably the same advisor that sent that mob to Dubai last year. Uh, and, um, well, no, it's just... It's ridiculous, I, you know. Listen, it's, it's an, what we now have, we now have the situation where ourselves and Celtic had it, sort of, we've had it obviously this year, Celtic had it last season through their own fault. Um, 
But we now have this situation again, as we, we don't know what the rules are going to be. As we record this on, on Thursday night, which I think everyone's aware of. It'll go out on Friday. So you'd like to think sometime between now and us publishing this podcast, someone has the balls to say, game's on, game's off. Right. I... Uh... I mean, for me, it should go ahead. Um, we, we've had to play with a depleted squad. So have various other SPFL teams, including Selig. You yep. know, there's, I'm sorry, we've all had to do it, so I don't see why the difference. But I think the more important thing for me here is why are we guessing the answer to this? COVID ain't new. You know, it's been about for a long time. Yep. Why the hell haven't the SPL come up with a rule to cover this sort of situation and then they can apply it equally to every club? Yeah. You know what? The clubs might not like it. They might think when it comes to, and they're affected by it, oh, this is really crap. Excuse my language. But it's at least consistent. You know, it's a line in the sand, the isn't minute, it? Yeah, that's it. At the minute, you know, you've, you've some games get postponed. You've got some games just the clubs were told they forfeited them and the points go to the other team. You've got some clubs being made to play with youths or reserves. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, one rule, apply it to equally everyone. And as much as people might not like it, they'll at least respect the fact it's a rule and they know where they stand. I think from my perspective, Andrew, um, I want to get the opportunity to, to have a go at Dundee United. We went up there at the, the start of the season, Tanadice, um, and they beat us one nothing. I wouldn't say gave us a going over, but we certainly never no. played well in the afternoon. No. Um, it would be good to get the opportunity to play them at full strength and, and give them a better game. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Rangers, I suspect, would beat Dundee United comfortably. Certainly more um, performed better, perhaps, than what Stephen Gerrards did that August. I would think so. It would be very, very, very shocking to see them perform any worse than that. <laughs> um, that was a, an awful game of football. And it's one of the only times I can remember lately that I didn't see a goal coming yeah. I didn't see us getting back into the game such was the performance level that day so you're right I'd like to think the 11 players would like to go out and, and get a bit of revenge yep. I'd like to think they would do that and I would like to see Dundee United depleted but however they should play if they've got enough signed players who don't have COVID or have to isolate they have to play the game it's as simple as that yeah I'd agree I don't think the government can start calling off games when it comes to things like that because squad different teams have different levels of squad um, and different resources to do that. Yeah. So they can't say, well, we better call off that game because they've not got as big a squad as Rangers and Celtic, but they would have to play. So I think the game has to go ahead. Um, I think it will go ahead. And to be brutally honest with you, I don't really care who they bring. Going <laughs> <laughs> back to Dave's point, you want the credit for beating a full strength team? Of course you do. But yeah. I would happily beat. I'm still taking the three points well. otherwise, oh. for me. Ah. <laughs> I'm not saying I'll turn those down. It's just I'd rather beat them full strength. I totally understand that, Dave. I totally understand that, but it doesn't matter. You, you can only beat what's in front of you. Ah, exactly. That's what yeah. they get told in Scotland. Listen, you can only beat who's in front of you. Yeah. Um, so I fully expect the game to go ahead and I, I would like a bit of revenge, Scott, yes, definitely. I, I think as well, we, we move into a, a cluster of four games that will really determine how far we go this year, I think. Uh, you know what I mean? Two home games that I think we should take six points from, Dundee United mm-hmm. and St Martin. But then you've got two games that have traditionally always been a bit testy for us. Oh, yeah. Trip to Pataudry, which you never know what you're going to get, like it or not, as a Rangers supporter. Yeah, you know what I mean? We go up there, they don't like us, we don't like them, and they will have a go at us. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And of course, you've got the New Year tie um, at Celtic Park. Um, so, 
yeah, I mean, four big games, four games we look forward to and we'll cover on the on the podcast as, as time goes. That's us covered the game from this week and the game that's upcoming. David, I want to do a little bit on the transition between Steven Gerrard's Rangers and Giovanni's Rangers. Um, we've already spoke about the difference that we're seeing in guys like Arfield and, and Aribo Morelos playing that little bit more similar a role to, to what we've seen previously. I want to speak about Calvin Bassey, who is slotted in at that centre-half role and aye. looks a real machine in there, doesn't he? Oh, aye. aye. He really does. Um, I don't know. Shades of, shades of Bouguera at some point. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But no, I think he's almost... He's not your old-school blood and guts centre-back. He's more of your kind of modern athlete centre-back. Yeah. Um, He's okay in the air. I wouldn't say he's anything special, but his ball-carrying attributes, his ability to break out of defence, just gives us another, you know, another sort of option, if yeah. you like, to cause them problems. And I think that's something Van Bronckhorst talked about as well. Is you know, I want to, I want to cause mayhem. Basically, that's just another option to do it. You can cover Kent, you can cover Haji, you can cover Aribo. Ah, oh, wait, here's Bassi going through the middle. And you saw that in the St. Johnston game. They couldn't handle it. Yeah. They ended up just hacking him down and giving away a free kick each Absolutely. time he did it. Yeah. Um, and I think that could be a very potent weapon for us. Again, all right, you've got to be careful. You know, you're probably not going to want him doing that against Dortmund, as we've already alluded to. But, <laughs> um, you know, by the same token, some of these teams that are stuffy and they've got someone on every man, you know, that that could be the difference maker for us. So, yeah, I, I'm actually struggling now to see where his future lies, if I'm being honest with us. Not as in, yes, not as in, you know, does he have a future, but is, is his future left back or is his future centre back? Because so, I think his performances have come on enough as a case for him at centre back. So I, I think that's a fair point. And Andrew, I'll, I'll bring you in on that. I think if you were looking at our our defensive options, the obvious ones are Goldson, Balogun, Hollander and Simpson. And I think if you were naming your, your centre-halves, yeah. that was the four you would have went for because Bassey was always seen as being the second-choice left-back. However, I believe now that Bassey has worked his way into that space between... Hollander and, and Balogun. I actually think, as things stand yep. just now, Balogun's your fourth choice centre-half. Yes, yes, I totally yep. agree with that. Um, if Leon Balogun was back to fitness tomorrow, you can't justify dropping Calvin Bassett to put him back into centre-half. Yeah. And then the other side of that coin, um, the performances of Borna Barisic is putting in now under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Huge difference. Uh, it's massively different, Scott, isn't it? Which yep. is excellent. It's fantastic to see but then that does, where does it leave Calvin? Because he was in and out of the team, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the previous previous manager liked to rotate left-backs. He liked to rotate goalkeepers, which obviously Mr. Van Bronckhorst isn't, which yeah. I'm delighted with. And we'll be coming uh, to that shortly as well, so keep that in your mind. Right, keep that, okay. <laughs> um, but with such as the performances that Barisic is putting in now, you couldn't warrant dropping him for Bassett left-back. So I think his future is perhaps at centre-half, and he definitely is now. But just behind Hillander there, um, but definitely above Balogun, yes, 100%, Scott. You remember mentioned, at the end sorry, of this David. season, I was just going to say, remember at the end of this season, 
nothing's cast in stone yet, but it's let's face it, it's looking very, very likely that Goldson's going to be moving on. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, so absolutely, you know. It's... And but I think in the same breath, I think one of the one of the good things you have about Bassey, and there's many good qualities, is the is the is comfortably the left sided centre uh-huh. half. So if Goldson is, you couldn't play. I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable at all with Bassey and Hollander playing. Yeah, Two lefties true. doesn't make a right. Um, that just wouldn't work. So I mm-hmm. think the I think the Bassey Goldson mixture is is working perfectly. It Andrew, working you, you mentioned the 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 lack of rotation in and around the goalkeepers now. I want to go back to the Hearts game that's just passed. And I think we saw Alan McGregor back to his brilliant best. There's no doubt that him having a run of games and a consistency in his 90 minutes has, is, is absolutely helping him at this stage of his career. Yes, definitely, 100%. I mean, we spoke about it at the start of the season. Will it be a game-by-game basis for Alan McGregor? Um, and I, I think... At the time I said no, I didn't want it to be. I wanted him to be. He's a Rangers number one. He plays in goals. Yep. That's fit. Obviously, he wasn't. Um, and McLaughlin came in. But when, he, when you're just changing it to to give the Rangers backup goalkeeper some game time, I understand it. I don't agree with it. Yeah. Um, I think he has to play. Maybe because of his age, the more he plays, the more he stays fit, I suppose. Yeah. But seeing him back to himself, especially at Pinecastle, some of the saves were, were outrageous. And that is his best. And I don't know how controversial this will be. I think he's better than Andy Gorham. I rate Alan McGregor as a better goalkeeper than Andy Gorft. Yep. Oofed. I really do. Listen, I've um, said that for week, for years now. Oofed. I think he's a better keeper. I absolutely. I, I'm, I I'm think not arguing. I'm just imagining the controversy you're going to have after this. Well, <laughs> well, that's, I, that's fine. That's fine. Um, you know what, though? It's a hell of an interesting debate, yeah? Um, I well, think so, David. I think, he, I think he definitely is. And to see him back to his best now, I think this will be his last year, won't it? This will be his last year, I would, I would, like, I would think. Um, and I thought I think, that last year, so never say never, <laughs> mate. And I'm, listen, I'm 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 completely like comfortable with playing in as well. Oh, yeah, I'm totally comfortable with John McLaughlin being the Rangers number one. Yeah, totally I, comfortable with that. And why wouldn't you be? Um, he's a smashing goalkeeper. But until unless Alan McGregor's injured, he is the Rangers number one. He plays in goals, and I think it has to be down to the fact that he's yeah. playing two games a week now. Two games yeah. a week, and keeping himself in there. Scott, the, I know, I know. You're sort of moving on. Can I just jump back to the centre-back situation? Of course you can. Yeah, of course you can. So when you were speaking about the centre-back choices, and I shook my head, um, I actually disagree with you. I I think Simpson has done at Rangers. Yeah. Um, He hasn't been named on the bench thus far. Um, Obviously, he was for the St. Johnston game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But you had Roof out, you had Jack out. So, I think if he had any sort of future, he would have come on when Barisic went off and Bassi yeah. would have slid to left back. Absolutely. He would rather play Nathan Patterson, cracking player, obviously, but play him out of position as opposed to putting a natural centre back in and having a natural left back. That, to me, along with you know the lack of bench appearances, I think Simpson's done. I think the. Um... The Patterson debate is is one that I don't want to get drawn <laughs> too deeply into because yeah. we don't have enough time, frankly. Um, however, I think it was really interesting that he had the opportunity to bring on Simpson and shuffle Bassi across and didn't choose to do it. And yeah. 
it wasn't it interesting to see how comfortable Nathan Patterson looked at left back as well? <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> what a diamond he is. What a footballer, let me tell you. Yeah. David, I'm going to come back to you. I, I think one of the things that, that the conversation we've just had as, as a threesome there, one of the things that's becoming really, really obvious. It's a rumour that... start, Scott. Well, listen, I'm happy for them. Well, no, maybe I'm not. Um, there's no doubt that, that Giovanni will not rotate as much as what Steven Gerrard does. And I think at the moment, that is beginning to bear fruit. I'd agree 100%. Um, I think one of the really interesting things is, um, for me, Gerrard had his system and it was incredibly well drilled into those players. Yeah. Um, this is how we play. This is what we do. And they picked it up well. I think part of the problems we saw earlier in the season were as a result of teams having faced that system for a few years and starting yeah. to get a bit used to it. Van Bronckhorst's philosophy seems to be more variation. So he, rather than making them amazing at one thing, which is what we had with Gerard, well, amazing, you can debate that anyway. Rather than that, he seems to want them to be good at varying types of things. So, yeah. again, going back to the St. Johnston game, you had Kent, and I think in the space of a couple of minutes, he'd gone down the line, hit the byline, he'd cut in, and he'd sold him some tricks and stepovers. Um, now, the problem with that is if you know what everyone's going to do, it's nice and easy to anticipate. If you don't, then, you know, if there's that variation going on, it's a lot harder. So you need to get on the same wavelength to try and think, right, this is what they're likely to do at this time so yeah. that you can match it. And I think that's where it's going to be really, really key, having the same basic core of the team mm -hmm. together because they will start to anticipate each other. And I mean, I okay, some folk will probably look at this and just think I'm being hopelessly optimistic, but I think there's a hell of a lot more to come from that team. Absolutely. Once Van Bronckhorst has time with them, once they get fully used to it and anticipating each other, I, I, it's actually quite scary how good I think they could play at that point. Andrew, one of the things that, that jumps out at me is that I think everyone largely expected when the Steven Gerrard Rangers team was, was playing, there was a rigidity about the, the formation. It was 4-3-3. Whoever they played against, whether it was home or away, it was always going to be a 4-3-3. Giovanni seems to... Um, He's, he's really, he's, he certainly seems at the moment to be favouring a 4-2-3-1 and letting that 3-1 at, the, at the, the top of the pitch have that freedom just to, as we, as we mentioned earlier, do as we please. But I think it's refreshing to see guys flourish in positions that maybe they've not had the opportunity to do properly before. Definitely. Um, we spoke about Arfield and, and Aribo and all the rest of it and, and Kent and how free they can be and they to express themselves. But Glenn Kamara as well. Yeah. Um, we were talking before we started recording there about him passing the ball away. <laughs> very, very <laughs> unlike Glenn Kamara. What's going on? <laughs> I know. I know. You're actually thinking, is that, is that actually happening? You know? Um, but I think it's there's, there's more than, than what I've just mentioned that's came onto a game since yeah. Giovanni Van Bokker just came Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Fucking Barisic, Morelis, Ken, okay, he came back from injury. Um, Kamara's playing better. Yeah. The only downside to it is um, we don't see Mr. Davis as much anymore. Yes, um, indeed. I've noticed that, you know, and it doesn't that, that doesn't matter to me. As long as Rangers keep winning, Stephen Davis is going yeah. to go down in, in my Hall of Fame. It's as simple as that. He's he's a Rangers ah, legend. Yeah. Um, that word's used far too frequently these days when it comes to Rangers. Um, but he is one. He is a Rangers legend, in my opinion, Steve Davis. But I think uh, it's testament to the new regime. 
yeah. that all these players are coming onto a game now, and you're seeing, you're perhaps seeing them at their best, like they were last season. And you're feeling when you're watching games now, you're feeling as confident as you did last season. Which, yeah, let's yeah. be honest, August, September, October, there, I wasn't overly confident going into no. any game. We We've got the WhatsApps to prove it, mate. I know. Aye. I know. <laughs> um, it's just, I just always, always feel as if this, it's we're going to get found out. It's, there's not going to be enough pressure. Blah blah blah. We're going to concede a sloppy goal. Conceding the first goal so many times. So I think it's testament yep. to the new regime. Definitely. I'll tell you one thing. I'm I'm glad you brought up Glenn Kamara. I think everyone knows what a good footballer he is and, and how lucky we are to have him. But one thing that I've I've clocked recently since Giovanni has has came in, um, we always know he's such a good midfielder, and, and everyone largely appreciates that he could play maybe one up as well almost behind a striker because he's that clever with the ball at his feet and he's nimble. Interestingly enough now, he is he's, he's dropping a lot to take the yeah. ball in between the two centre-halves, which means he can see the full game ahead of him. Um, he really is a midfielder that could go as far in the game as he likes um, and there's, there's no doubt that, that one day, hopefully a long, long time away, um, he'll be the, the biggest transfer fee, I think, that we will ever um, see depart from the Scottish game. He's, a he's, outstanding he's almost been primed to take over that Davis role, I would say, at the minute. I, I um, think so, yeah. I just hope we can keep on him long enough for yeah. that, David, to yeah, be honest. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Um, I, I would agree with you. I just hope that um, we are lucky enough to, to hold on to his services because I, I can't believe for a second that there will be teams, and we all know one team in particular, that will be sniffing around yeah. him at the earliest opportunity. <laughs> Yep. As long as we add ten million to the fee of any player that goes to them, I'm okay with that. Absolutely right. Yeah, just a tax, you know. Andrew, good to have you on again, my friend. I appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Anytime. Thoroughly enjoyed it, lads. Thoroughly enjoyed good, it. Good to see you. And David, always good to have you back again, buddy. Thanks for coming on. No, thank you. It's a pleasure as always. Don't forget, you can check out all our stuff over at this cybrox.co.uk. All the W's in there at front, of course. Um, you can get all our previous pods on there and all of our latest bloggery. Um, jump on there and, and have a look if you can. And we are back next week with the flagship and the review stroke preview. We look forward to it. See you then. Bye-bye.